Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to the Campbell's Gambles podcast for episode six. I'm joined by Blake once again. How are you, mate? Good, thanks, Jason. Good to be back. Another week. Yes. As I say always, I don't know how we're back, but <laughs> I don't know why I keep saying that. It's just stupid. But once Brian, again, listeners, yes, once again, everyone, thank you for tuning in. We desperately need that. Um, gives us a bit of uh, motivation and will to keep coming back and delivering you guys with the best insight in horse racing currently, group ones, whatever you want to call it. But regardless, as we always do to start off the show, we go back to last week, last Saturday. I want to talk, first of all, about Very Elegance win. She's so sexy. Um, love heart. <laughs> um, Blake, what did you think of the Mighty Mare, Very Elegant? What, what, what can't you say about her now? Like, yep. she's, I mean, we said before, we said before that race that she, she has it over this field easily. And it's just like exactly what I said happened. What exactly what I said could happen did happen. She got caught on the inside. She overraced a little bit. Everything that could go wrong went wrong. She found a gap on the inside and still won. And I was screaming. I was dead set <laughs> jumping around like a lunatic. Insane, insane win. Yeah. Well, there was a debate on Twitter this week where, or even a, even a couple of weeks ago, actually, when she came second in the wing stakes, does Very Elegant deserve to be in the champion? Um, I guess in the champions, um, what would you say, at the champions level? I guess um, does she be, does she deserve to be called a champion? Um, a few people are saying she she still has to win a Cox Plate. Um, I think that will basically end the debate that she is a champion. But like I personally, yeah. she's won I think nine or ten Group Ones now. Like if that doesn't make you a champion. Obviously, she's no Winks or Black Caviar, but you know she has to be the second tier below that, which is probably champion. I say mm. Tier One's probably legendary or, or legend. But regardless, mm. Blake, you're in that tier one category currently with your group one <laughs> legend oh, i'm struggling back in buddy the gundagai maidens but um blake sierra sue and daishra i'll let you um you know blab away about that and you know do what you need to do to yourself so go well um we we, we touched on this just before we started the podcast but the reason that i went with those two horses was the re like that 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 price for Sierra Sue and Dice Roll, in my opinion, was was just well over. It's like I'm Thunderstruck got absolutely smashed in betting and was arguably could have won the race if you didn't get unlucky. But we were, we were talking about this before. The exact reason that I didn't tip on Thunderstruck and put put money on him is purely because of the setup for for a, a horse of that nature that was going to have that setup first time up in Group One company. You just don't want to be betting on a horse that's got those odds about him that has that kind of setup and Sierra Sue and Dice Roll did not have that setup. And we were saying as well, probably would have won, would have won the race at wait for age. So her run wasn't bad at all either finishing fifth. So um, yeah, that's, that's my breakdown of the, of the, uh, of the race. Yeah. Unfortunately, I think probably was um, she was listening into the podcast and she heard me tip um, probably. Um, <laughs> So she decided not to behave at um, handicap. But 
as as we said, as Blake said, she was carrying money. seventy kilos with your money. Yes, she was very, <laughs> very, very thick wallets here at CG Insight PTYLTD. <laughs> anyway, um, we've got to head to the race at um, the the race last week at Randwick Nature Strip. Eduardo um, just basically outmuscled Nature Strip, which is um, very rare to see a horse do that. Um, so I'm just going to ask you in regards to Nature Strip's Everest campaign. Was that a pass mark? I think it was definitely a pass mark. Um, does it does it throw some concerns into the mix or some doubt as to like before this race when he won when he just demolished the field first up? Everyone was saying you know this is his year, whatever, whatever. Barely any concerns. Now there's a little bit more fear in in uh, in the markets, I guess you could say, because Eduardo's beaten him fair and square. So um, that's you know, he's still passed and he's still undoubtedly going to be one of the top chances in the race. You can't, you can't take that away from him, especially with, you know, his overall record. But um, do you think, do you think that that performance should put or catapult another horse uh, sort of into favoritism for the Everest? Do you think that there's, or do you think that Nature Strip still sort of holds the, holds the, uh, the cards for um, the win? I personally, I never believe Nature Strip should be an Everest favourite. He's just not the type of horse that wins the Everest in its current shape, um, in my in my personal opinion. And that's just based upon the fact that on the weekend, it was in a thousand metre race. So the horses that were behind him, example, Rothfire, example, Mars Crusader, even Geetra, who was very unlucky as, as we were talking about mm -hmm. last week. But those three horses at a thousand metres get run off their feet. But at 1,200 metres, if you add another 200 metres to that race, it wouldn't surprise me if maybe two of those horses would have went past both Eduardo and Nature Strip. And I feel mm -hmm. like we've seen in, in years, in the last two years especially, Classic Legend, a horse that I backed myself last year, I was very keen on, based upon the fact that Nature Strip, you know, you know it's going to be a fastly won race when Nature Strip's in the race, but when you add a horse like Eduardo and um, even like Lost and Running, who are just terrible, like... I can't see Lost and Running doing anything in the Everest side. I don't even know why they gave him a slot because you don't want to get horses that are on speed because how do I say this? If Nature Strip hasn't won an Everest yet, then no other horse is going to win an Everest yet on speed. In, in the, what I mean by that is he's the best sprinter on his day and probably the most toughest sprinter on his day yeah. to, to like basically overcome a hot speed. And if he hasn't even won an Everest yet, then why the hell are you giving slots to horses that can only win on speed and, and haven't shown versatility to win off speed? I think this year it's kind of up in the air. I love to see Animo go back to 1200 meters because I feel like it's a race where he could, he might win at that. At, but you'd have to freshen him up, and you, I don't know. I guess I don't know if he has a slot. I've even looked, but um, Classic Legend. I heard there's there's things where he he's got to go first up into the race this year, so that's got to leave me absolutely Ooh, scratching my head. Um, <laughs> yeah, like I just don't know how that's got to work out. It's a very high pressure race. But I think horses like Mars Crusade and Rothfire. I thought Rothfire was a massive pass mark in the weekend. I, He's just mm. got that wet track. He just can't run on wet tracks, like mm. in my personal opinion, from what I've seen from him. I thought Gay Trial was a massive pass mark. I think he's a horse that can win the Everest this year too. So um, I think that's about it. For well, the yeah, lots of water to go under the bridge still. So we'll yeah, see so what happens. See the way where it falls. On that note, we will look to the more immediate future. We'll go to tomorrow <laughs> night, our first ever Friday meeting at Mooney Valley that we'll be covering with Group 1 Racing returning under lights how good is that um so the track conditions weather and bias uh 
there's a bit of rain forecasted tomorrow, up to five millimeters of rain, but more likely to see one to two millimeters. Um, I think this is a very important part that I'll bring up later. There's a, up to a 25 kilometer um, westerly wind, which in my opinion should favor horses that can sit on speed from the sprint starts because it'll be behind their back for about 800 meters until the turn. So uh, I don't think you want to be too far away on the, um, I guess, the, the sprint races. But what about you, Blake? How, how do you see Mooney Valley playing overall? You were talking to me earlier about a possible pattern that you've, that you've uh, sourced. <laughs> Yeah, well, the, the only the only sort of concern I had with that on-speed bias, which you typically do see at Mooney Valley, is that last meeting there on the 4th of September, every single sprint race was won by a horse off the speed. So, you know, whether or not that's going to continue on Friday is, you know, it's, it's up in the air. No, one, no one's going to know until the, the races begin. Um, and that's definitely a reason why you should not be putting too much on before the day or before the night, in my opinion. But nevertheless, I think that, um, you know, it, it, adds, it adds a little bit of uncertainty to a track where you typically know that, especially over a race like a thousand meters, which, you know, the group ones run over a thousand meters, horses on speed at Mooney Valley are typically very, very heavily favored. It just, it just adds that little bit of concern for me. But, yeah. you know, I still think, the high percent, well, 100%, the high percentage players is still on speed, so. Yeah, well, as Blake alluded on, the Group 1 race, and that is the only race we'll be covering this Friday at Mooney Valley. Race 7, we've got the Group 1 Moor Stakes over the 1,000 metres. We've got a really interesting runner here returning in Profiteer. I want to pose a question to you, Blake. Is he a fair favourite in this field? I, th I, th I think he is a fair favourite. Um it's it's a really, really, really interesting race for me. And we were discussing this before as well. Um, it's To me, it's the most exciting race for the weekend, if you want to call Friday night part of the weekend, because this this race is, well, hands down, well, I mean, the Golden Rose is going to be competitive as well, but this race is is very competitive, especially con compared to the the, <laughs> the race at Sandown, which we'll get to later. <laughs> but... Um, but there's there'll be a lot out of this race, I think, that um that sort of people will be able to look into and potential Everest contenders coming out of the race as well. So uh yeah, this race is this race is really exciting for me. Um and I don't think it's as easy as just saying profiteer wins, but that's me personally. I think there will there will definitely be a lot of people in heavily in profiteers camp. Um I think the price is good. And I do think that he deserves to be favorite, but I don't think it is that simple. What do you think? I think it's that simple. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that coming. I guess, I guess you can see, uh, I guess you will see if you keep, or not see, I guess you'll hear later in this podcast. I think it's a pretty, personally, I know no week straightforward, but if it is a straightforward week, then I think this is probably the one. Um, I guess our next question was experience or potential. Um, I guess I'll just answer that myself. Um, I'm taking potential. I think 52 kilos on profiteers back around Mooney Valley, a thousand meters, rail out four meters in a race where I think he can lead and lead quite comfortably. Um, I think the major, um, I guess the one runner that could, um, I guess, what would you say, hurt profiteers chances would be Miss Albania drawing, you know, the car park. If she decides to go forward, then it probably sets it up for a horse that Blake might mention um, after I finish my spiel. Mm. Um, but if she goes back, then I just, I, I, 
honestly can't see them running him down to 52 kilos. It should just be way too speedy for them. Um, and, and I know this is a race. I, I've dug deep for this race because as soon as I saw the fields open up on um, Tuesday or whatever, I saw a profiteer with 52 kilos around the valley. I just, I just really wanted to make sure that there was nothing else that could beat him. And I had to do my digging on him too to see that he's had a faultless preparation. And the camp set him for this race for a couple of months now and everything's gone to plan. I thought his um, jump outs were perfect. And um, I just, if he finds a front and he doesn't win, I'll be very disappointed. Let's just say that. So mm-hmm. I'm going to leave it at that. I think Profiteer and I think in the Inferno is probably the main danger in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's definitely a fair analysis. I, I tend to agree with Profiteer. Like I said, I think he deserves favoritism. Um, and I think that if all goes to plan with sort of the Mooney Valley, the typical Mooney Valley bias, the horse lands on speed, no, no horses sort of take him on too much. Like, you know, a horse can sit outside him and put a little bit of pressure on without, you know, just going handlebars down for the lead and stuffing up the whole plan. I think as long as that sort of all unfolds relatively to plan, then Profiteer wins. Um, my my slight slight concern and the reason why i'm not going all into profiteer is just the risk that uh the the bias doesn't fully favor horses on speed and that's just purely because last meeting not a single horse won on speed over the sprint trips um so the reason so uh because of that i thought okay profiteer best horse on speed will win if if he gets the if he gets you know the the bias in his favor if profiteer doesn't win which horse is going to beat him straight away i looked at brooklyn hustle brooklyn hustle is going to be dead last 100 from barrier 10 and she's going to be the one that's flying around the bend to run over the top of them um and the other one i looked at as well is trekking who is drawn better and if he jumps away you know he can he can land sort of midfield. He doesn't have to be dead last from barrier three. And Williams is going to know that. He's a great jockey and he's been riding very well recently. So those were the two I looked at to sort of, you know, if the if all the horses on speed are not favored by the bias, those two I think are going to be the ones running over the top. And that that exact situation almost unfolded last year where Pippi won only just and trekking in Brooklyn Hustle ran, I think, third and fourth from back in the pack. Um, so that's that's the way I, I broke it down. But I do think that Profiteer will be hard to beat if everything goes to, to plan. It's just that slight risk that had me sort of diversifying a little bit in the race. But, um, yeah, I think, yeah. All right, that's our thoughts for Friday's night um, Group 1 race. Uh, we're going to head to Saturday now. We've got to head to Sandown. We're only covering one race at Sandown, just to group one Underwood. Um, the track conditions, the weather was set to be 19 degrees. There's about two to five millimeters of rain predicted. The rail's in the true position. Um, the track, I'm expecting, currently it's a soft five. It could get to a soft six um, with a little bit of, um, obviously, rain on the forecast. Um, rail true, bit of rain, should play quite even, in my opinion. Uh, I've just got to head straight into it, Blake. Don't really need to get much more opinion on the, uh, the track bias, but don't need to get much opinion on this race, I don't think either. But uh, race <laughs> seven, the group one Underwood stakes over the 1,800 metres. Obviously, Zaki is a long odds on favourite at around the $1.28, $1.30 mark. Um, I'm just going to pose this question. We'll probably only spend like a minute or two on this race. Can anyone beat him? And if not, how far does he win by? <laughs> um, 
<laughs> I'm gonna say no, but then it'll be it'll be really funny when I tell you what I've tipped, <laughs> what I put money on. I don't, I, I, you know, at a dollar thirty, it's like, you know, like is the horse gonna lose? Probably not, especially the way the way he's been going. Like, out of a in a five horse field, what's gonna beat him? Especially if he leads, um, that's, you know, it's all but guaranteed. I think at this point, but do I want to be taking a dollar thirty? ever you know not really like i was i was hesitant to take it about weeks just because it's a dollar 30 and now it's saki it's like i'm just hesitant a dollar 30 is just it's just way 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 too short for any horse in my opinion but um if i have to say does zaki win or not you, you have to be leaning yes at those odds for sure what do you think jace um uh that dollar mm, 30 <laughs> Not not sure. Happy that he's at price now because uh, I won't discuss. <laughs> I, I don't need to discuss on here, but Jack Jason might have got on at a better price than that. Um, mm. But yeah, how far does he win by? I guess it's probably got to be a four hundred meter dash. So I don't expect him to win by a huge margin. Yeah. Um, based on that, but uh, do we even need to discuss this race any further? <laughs> Not really. I don't think. I think the only thing I just want to point out is like, like you said, it'll be it'll be a four hundred meter race with fourteen hundred meter warm up warm up. So, like, Zaki's at least from you know at, at the moment, it doesn't look like Zaki's going to be a horse that wins by five lengths. So, there's a little bit of caution there for me. Um, yeah. I think you know probably sitting on Zaki's back, the eighteen hundred meters isn't really going to be any problem for Probabil because it's not going to be 1800 meters, you know, they're not going to go that hard. So I guess that brings probably into the race a little bit more. Um, the chosen ones first up run was great, but Saki's in a, in a different league to this. So, yeah, I think, I think we've spent enough time on this race. It's that's yeah. pretty much it. Well, There's not much more to talk about in a five horse field. <laughs> James McDonald sent a message into the uh, Camels Gamers podcast and said, it's got to be a sincere job, even though he's not even on it. But um, that was on social media. I'm just lying. No one ever sends messages into us, which makes me sad. But um, regardless, we're going to do a competition on this race. Um, I just thought of this uh, today. Uh, basically, I'm going to do a TikTok competition. Yes, TikTok. Um, I know you're listening. So I'm going to put a voice record over this and put this on TikTok. I want to get the algorithm just absolutely loving the TikTok currently. But anyway, um, $500 to the person who can guess the length of Zaki's win, obviously if he wins, but you know, we're banking on if he wins, he, sh he should be winning this race. We get two decimal places. So for example, Jason tags one mate. Jason says Zaki by 3.01 lengths at Blake Laylor. So that's <laughs> go on TikTok. The closest person will be getting the $500 prize. And I'll give that prize away on Saturday night. So you TikTokers, um, if you're not on TikTok, get on TikTok. What a great platform. Um, anyway, regardless, you've got to hear my voice again. Only for, only for Campbell's Gambles, that's it. Only for Campbell's Gambles. <laughs> we're, already, like, we're so close to passing more TikTok followers in like six weeks than we are Facebook likes in like bloody two years, which is a bit disheartening. So I've built my Facebook page up, you know, slowly but surely. But obviously TikTok is the sadly is the new wave but anyway regardless head over to tiktok i'm going to post that video tomorrow morning so comment tag and you know what to do 
Um, so we're going to head to the JC trifiles um, again for this week. Our runner, Norwegian Bliss, didn't actually run at Newcastle last week. So there's not much to talk about on that front. So we're going to head straight into Goulburn on Saturday. Race three, number three, Fan Girl. Um, straight off the bat, not the usual trial file that I normally select. Obviously, as you can see, if you're going through the form now, this runner is second up. Um, the reason why I didn't back this horse first up is because she drew barrier 11 of 11 at Gosford. Uh, she got well, she was always going to get way, um, way back in the field, uh, which is something you don't want to do at Gosford. And in her two trials, she was very tardy out and she showed bad barrier manners. So I just wanted to see her go around, but I couldn't have been more happy with her performance. Uh, it was an absolute perler from the back. Uh, 1,400 meters, back to country um, racing. Um, yeah, she's, she's, she's a head case, this horse. She has all the ability in the world. Um, it's good that Chris Waller is sending, back to an, uh, sending her back to an easier race because she just needs an easy kill probably just to give her mentally the, I guess, just give her the chance to win a race so she knows what she's doing, I guess. That made no sense, but I think people know what I meant. Um, I think she can actually be a really good contender in um, the carnival. Um, maybe like, I don't know how far she will get to, but I think around 2,000 metres, look out for her in a group three race. I don't know what, what race, but I feel like she could be one at around like double digits. That could really surprise horses because she clearly has ability. It's just, it's just whether if she can, it's whether if uh, the magician Chris Waller can extract that ability. Regardless, that's Saturday, race three, number three, Fangirl at Goulburn. Blake, your trial files for Hong Kong or, or horse to follow for Sunday? Yes, yes. Thank you, Jason. So, uh, I mean, absolutely mouthwatering card at Sha Tin on Sunday. This is, so it's, we've, got, we've got the first uh, group race of the season, the group three. Um, where is it? Group three in Don't Celebration Cup. Yo. There it is. Celebration Cup, there it is. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we've got a lot of uh, big big runners returning. Sky Darcy, uh, the winner of the Derby, I believe, last season. And we've got a lot of other horses returning. Uh, that's a big race there. But yeah, entire card is very, very competitive. I spent a few uh, hours looking at the card already, and there weren't really any sort of clear standout runners that I thought these are really, really strong chances in races. Uh, there was one runner that I just want to mention who is on debut in Hong Kong, has had three runs in New Zealand prior to uh, moving over to Hong Kong and has had three trials now in Hong Kong before his first up run. His name's Five Elements to be ridden by Joe Marrera. Uh, the trials have been phenomenal in my opinion and the horse, the horse for a three-year-old looks, looks absolutely monstrous. So uh, the weight's, the weights aren't out yet in Hong Kong. They do get posted on the HKJC website. So you can look at the weights and, and compare weights with horses. Um, but I think this will definitely be a horse to, to sort of keep an eye on. Um, like I said, these races are, on Sunday are extremely competitive. So I'm not going to tell you right now to, you know, go and back it before the, before the odds are even out or, or anything like that. But I definitely think that this is a horse to keep an eye on, especially even after this race. I think going forward, he's he's going to be a big, big contender as a three-year-old this season. So keep an eye on five elements in race eight. Beautiful. Thank you for that, Blake. I'm sure the viewers will be tuning in 
on uh I keep saying viewers it's just stuck in my bloody vocabulary right now but <laughs> i'm pretty sure the listeners will be tuning in um for shouts in on sunday we love a shout in on sunday uh regardless we also love a rose hill that is returning on saturday we've got uh the weather and bias report from jason campbell once again sunny 19 degrees rail in the true position tracks currently a good four Gotta be a hot day. It was a hot day in Sydney today. It's gonna be a hot day again tomorrow. Um, gotta hope that they put a bit of irrigation on the track because it might just get to a good three. Blakey boy, mm -hmm. how do you reckon the track will play on Saturday? Uh, you 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 brought this up to me, Jason, and it's it's been it's been uh, sitting in the back of my mind ever since. I'm a little bit concerned now Whoa. that the track could play heavily in the favour of the leaders here because. There has not been a single hoof on Rose Hill for God knows how long, and uh, and yeah, if the track, I mean, if the track ends up in a good three range, it's almost guaranteed at this point, I think. But um, yeah, it could it could get bad. Um, you know, let's hope let's hope they are, you know, the stewards and the and the the track managers have uh, done well and looked after the track well enough to uh, keep it fairly even. But yeah, definitely looking towards front runners in uh, on Saturday at Rose Hill. How about you, Jason? Just a quick shout out to the, the Rose Hill track managers. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> we know you're listening. We know you're listening. We know you're listening. Um, you know, it's unfortunate that Rose, who hasn't been used in the last couple of, um, not even weeks, months, and Kembla Grange has been used. But obviously, as Blake's alluded to, as I mentioned, I guess, earlier to him before this podcast, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very frightened. Very frightened. <laughs> This could have been an absolute road because dead set, the only races that have been run there have been trials and they've dead set coned, coned it to the outside fence. So the outside might be a bit fucked up. Oh, uh, let's not say that word, but um, <laughs> yeah, the outside, but I'm going to have to put that explicit. I might have to tick the explicit box when I put this on Spotify now. Um, yeah, let's, let's just move on. I was just thinking it'd be a bad leader bias on, on Saturday. Mm -hmm. So I want to tip horses that can sit on speed and obviously, or if they can't sit on speed, at least be, um, I guess, drawn. Well, or just being the absolute class horse of the race, which we might touch base on <laughs> later on. But anyway, the mm. first race we'll be covering is race six, the group two Shannon Stakes over the 1500 meters. It's a quite an open race with the betting. We've got Love Tap as the current $3 favorite. Um, Blake, do you side in Love Tap's corner or is there another horse you want to mention? I did last start. Mm -hmm. Jeez, 11 bucks. That was juicy. Yeah. So, um, that was, uh, in the benchmark 78, that was, that was a nice little, uh, little fill up there, that one, but, um, at $3 10 now in the group two, especially after taking the 11 bucks in 78, uh, <laughs> I can't really be too heavily in love taps favor. Um, we, we did just spend a few minutes talking about how horses on speed are going to be potentially heavily favored. And we do know that love tap likes to, you know, get forward and and even sort of lead at, at very very high cruising speeds in some of his races. Uh, he, I don't believe he led in his last start, but um, but we know he sits on speed regardless. So I think you know he'll be he'll be up there and he'll be probably in the finish. But I think he's way I think he's way too short, in my opinion, coming out of a seventy eight into a group two. That's um that's the way I'm looking at it. I prefer imaging at those odds. I think the horses, you know, he's he's put in the big runs. He's been there, done it. Um, he's drawn well as well in barrier one. So I think imaging over love tap personally, you know, sort of to the to the top of the market. But um, 
which do you agree with me, Jason, or you, you think something different? Um, I have to agree with you on every single front there. I think Love Tap, I think the market's obviously found him. And, you know, obviously the market trends towards runners that can sit on speed. And I guess in any, any, any race, let alone, let alone a, a day where it's probably going to, um, yeah, be, be, be a bit of a <laughs> lead. Feel a bit flat just thinking about how it's going to play on the weekend. I'm very scared because, because I can just imagine dead set. I'm going to tip a leader in like race three, and that's going to be the one race where they just go way too hard and sink from the back end. <laughs> um, just my luck. I think Love Tap sets up very similar to a horse that we touched base on a couple of episodes ago, and I think you agree with me. Big Parade. I think this is like literally the exact same type of horse where he had a huge win in benchmark grade with a big weight. He has to go up to a group three race. You get a lower price, but he goes down a lot in weight. So like it's genuinely, genuinely, generally, I don't mind these type of horses, but you know, you're going up against a bona fide group one horse in imaging, you know, he's, he's dead set. He hasn't won a group one race, but he's won a, a group two race. He won a group three race. And he's got a great record at this track, including what has he done? He's, he's run third in the yes, 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 which is, you know, Geetra won the race, Hawkeye on her won the race. So that's almost group one quality itself. He ran third to Eduardo, who obviously came out and won a group one race, and he, and he won a group two Ajax. Obviously, all these runs were on heavy tracks. He might not like the firm track, but McDonald on board, a barrier one, I think Imogene's the right one to go with. And a little birdie said, you've got him winning by 800 lengths. So <laughs> I'm just not sure how that... I don't even think this race is 800 lengths long, but... Uh, <laughs> It'll it'll uh it'll definitely be uh in the news headlines the next day if every other horse stays in the barrier while imaging goes <laughs> around fifteen hundred meters and crosses the line. But, <laughs> but, but um from Ladbrokes, pick your own margin or something. Blake's got <laughs> eight hundred lengths at like eight hundred thousand to one or something. <laughs> anyway, mm. that's all from that race, I think. Blake, we'll move on. Do you want to do you want to do you got something to say? Oh, uh, I mean, I, apart from it, like. Imaging is very short as well. And, you know, the only other horse that I could have, you know, sort of any uh, inclination towards was, uh, was reloaded. I think, you know, he, given, given what a lot of these horses, the way sort of a lot of these horses are coming into the race, he's not coming into the race any sort of worse off than, than a lot of these horses. And he's like double, triple, four times the, the price of some of them. So 20, 20 bucks basically is is overs in my opinion for reloaded just because there are a lot of other horses in this race who I don't think he's much worse if not better than and they're a lot shorter than him so uh, just you know almost the second outside of the field I think you know worth worth a little bit of a, a spec potentially. Blake's just told all the listeners to go to your couch you know throw some pillows around find those tiller coins and go down to the local but you can't go down to the local so never mind we'll move on to race seven. <laughs> The golden pendant over the 1,400 metres, group two level. Our good friend on Trivier returns to the races here, the Kiwi mare. She's looking to make it back-to-back group two wins. She's currently two or 30 favourite across most bookmakers. Blake, I think the main talking point uh, is, are you in a camp again or are you against her this time? No, Jason, I'm not I'm not in, in Trivier's camp again. And yeah, <gasps> I, I, find, I find it very hard to sort of be in her favour with with Fatuse setting up the way she does, um, you know they they obviously met last time. Fatuse ran second to her. That was over twelve hundred. This is over fourteen hundred. Fatuse draws better and Trivia draws draws worse. 
you know, most of these most of these factors are pointing in me and Fatusa's favor. And then you look at the odds, they're basically exactly the same as they were last time. So, you know, with everything sort of leaning more towards Fatus this time, but at the same odds, I, I've got to lean Fatus's way. Do you agree? I'm anti on trivia this um this week. Uh, this is not a race that I particularly want to bet into. I just don't think there's much value for either runner personally. Um, I just think, I think on trivia was just basically kissed on the dot, 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 you know what, last start, speed suited, Perla from James McDonald, had the weight in favour and whatnot. Obviously here at set weights too is pretty well in. Um, but, you know, obviously drawing sticky probably gets back, you know, like, you know, it's two things that you don't really want to get involved in. And obviously for choose visually was the more impressive runner. I think the massive concern with Fatuse is 1400 meters. She's never run at that trip. And I personally see her more as a, more as a sprinter, 1400 meters is a specialist distance. Um, so I guess that's a, that's a knock with her on Trivier's, um, I wouldn't say tick that box. She, she's, she's had one side at 1400 meters and she's run second. So, and that was one of her, I guess, blemishes in a really impressive record. But, um, I think the more I look at this race, the more I'm probably leaning towards a horse such as Vangelic. I thought she wasn't too bad first up. Um, obviously, she didn't have the flashing light run of Fatuse or on Trivier, but she was sitting on that hot speed. Um, she draws barrier one here. She can sit on speed again. Uh, might be more of an advantage, as we've already alluded on, to sit on speed. So I think yeah. she's the one who's suited up to 1,400 metres. She's proven... She's proven that she can run this trip out very comfortably against the likes of, you know, I guess she's won fourth to Crone at group one level, 1500 meters, 1600 meters at Randwick, which is probably one of the toughest 1600 meters. She's ran fifth to Natoya and Probabil, um, obviously carrying lighter weights, um, being a three-year-old against the older horses. But I just kind of feel like she's probably the one that if I, was, if I had a gun to my head, I think she'd probably be the value in this race personally. What about you, Blake? So you're heavily in Fatusa's camp by the sounds of it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you've made a great case with Angelic. I just think the the sort of the main the main sort of takeaway from this is that I think on trivia at a very similar price or even shorter than than she was first up is is not a play in this race for me. Yeah. I think you know you can you can make a case for for a few different horses away from her, but you know, as long as you're playing value in this race, I think you'll you'll end up you know, with a better chance than, than backing in trivia at $2.35 from barrier 12. Yeah. All right, beautiful. We head to the big one on Saturday. Um, I guess the Underwood's a big one, but can't be bigger. There's only five of them in the race. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> um, the group one, Golden Rose, over the 1,400 metres. We get to see three-year-olds clash again, and it's got to be very interesting to see how they all line up once again. I guess the main talking point is the Godolphin runner, Animo, made a dashing return at Kendall Grange. Can they beat him at 1,400 metres, Blake? Can they do it? Um, well, I guess we'll find out on Saturday. That's the dodge the bullet answer, that one. But yeah, um, yeah I, this, is, this is a race where, where I want to uh, stick with, with my theory of, of not backing horses after first up wins. And I mean, you did mention to me earlier that you know, it did look pretty comfortable to Animo in the end winning uh, first up, but still with a with you know a big run coming from from back in the field like that, I especially for a three year old, I'm just sticking with with sort of the way that I'm inclined to think and you know the way that I've I've thought for a while now. 
and that's to to go against Animo just on that on that basis. And I mean, that's that's taking out the fact that Animo's two dollars in in a field where, like I said, like I said to you earlier, Jason, every horse is targeted to this race in this race. So you know, like this is this is sort of one of the big big races for their season. Um, so you, I mean, Animo's clearly got you know the best record in this field, but do I want to be taking $2 about him in a race where there's 12 other horses who are, have been geared up to beat him? Not personally. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> the Godolphin army is just crying back here, but um, <laughs> like, um, I guess I'm looking at it quite simply this week. I guess the question I'll throw back on you now is if I was a bookmaker and I was willing to give you, not, let's, let's not say any price, but what price would you take for a horse like Animo? Don't, don't say something stupid like six or seven dollars because obviously, <laughs> because if it was six well, or I mean, $7... I mean, I would, I would take yeah. that, but I'd probably, I'd probably take, you know, something around the mark of three, three. or over. Okay. Yeah, I think, I think three would really be pushing it for me. But I think, you know, something like three fifty, I'd, I'd probably not hesitate to take at um, you know, with this, I, you know, the more I think about it as well with the setup of this race in the Congo goes forward, but what other horse goes forward? And if the pattern does end up the way that we suggested it might, I'm not going to, I'm not saying that, you know, in the Congo should be favorite, but <laughs> it'll definitely not play in the hands of Animo. If, if the pattern is, is that way, um, you know, with it's, it's almost guaranteed that there's not going to be a fast tempo at all in this race. So um, that, yeah, that's 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 the way I sort of looked at it. I guess you know, Animo is the best in the race so far in his career, so he does deserve to be favourite. And I, you know, I couldn't turn someone else off backing him if you know if you wanted to, but just personally, I'm not going to take those short odds. Are you are you in his are you in his camp, Jason? I think you are. I uh, yes, I, I I just think you just got to go back. I just play this race quite simply. Um, I think the best horse will win this race. Uh, as as we spoke about earlier, as you said to me, the best horse generally wins this race um, over the last five years they have. Um, and although I respect your theory about the first start win thing, and, I, and I've actually looked at that a lot myself recently and, and spoken to some people about it, and they also agree too. Um, when horses peak first up, they generally can't deliver that again second up. Um, I don't... First of all, I think, as, as, as you've already made note on previously champions mm. you don't really apply that factor to especially very elegant and yeah. horse like yeah. i feel like animo's obviously not a champion yet but he has the ability to become that and he has definitely has the potential to become one um yeah. so and also i don't think even though he won first up i can't see that being a peak performance i, I like i was impressed that he won first up at 1200 meters but I didn't think he was as brilliant as he was at 1400 meters last preparation, the size. He didn't show that same turn of foot. It was, it was a bit more of a, I guess, a down and dirty win, if you want to mm. put it in bloody stripper terms. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, obviously the one thing against him is the map and the, the speed and I guess the bias. And would I be taking $2 for a horse like this? He's not, he's not a betting pros prospect, but I, I can't back anything else against him. Yeah. I, think he's got, I think he's got lengths on this field personally. If, 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 if it was Randwick and it was an even track and there was like one more speed run in this race, I think two dollars would be a gift. But um, 
I think if it gets out to about 230, 240, 250, I think that's probably a price. 250 is probably the price I'd I'd push the bullet, push the bullet. I'd, I'd um I guess push the um push the button. Push the paper. Yeah. Push the paper. Push the paper. Yes, that's the word. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Blake, so you've landed on dot dot dot. Remark for me. I think fucking remark. Just the the <laughs> fact that remark started favorite over over animo last time and is now eight dollars fifty to animo's two dollars when the, you know they, they're stepping up over an extra 200 meters and like remarks run wasn't it remarks run to animo's run does not deserve that that difference in in price to me anyway i yeah. thought like you know animo won the race animo's run was slightly better but considering Remark was favoured in that race, only slightly over Animo, and now one's two and one's eight fifty. That's to me, that's completely wrong. Especially like Remark, Remark can even on the map sit a little bit closer than Animo, which, which you know, will help the horse. And especially if there's no tempo at all, then uh, and you know, barrier five to barrier eight. There's the more I look at it, the you know, the more reasons I can find to suggest that Remark should you know be a much much similar more similar price to animo obviously animo's got the runs on the board he's got the form there he's clearly the got you know the best form in the race he's, he's the best horse in the race to date but just purely based on last start and those odds i think you know this is a race where i want to be leaning in remarks you know favor just because of that price and then away from remark just quickly jamea top <laughs> The number of times you've told me that Tommy Berry had a huge opinion of her, and you know, I love Tommy Berry. Like, <laughs> like, well, well, the thing is, like, you you mentioned it to me, and I, I think you were doing another podcast at that point, or, or uh, you interviewed him, yeah, and that's when he told you he tipped and, it at seventeen well, to one, it won easy. At that, you know, when he did tip it before that win, Jamea was, you know had a bit of a, a bit of talent but i think since then like it's really come out that she is actually like a like a really really good horse yeah. like it's it's sort of tommy berry's a great judge obviously because you know he, he's <laughs> he, he only rides our money basically well, he tipped it at, he, he he said it was, he said it was a great chance it came out one at 17 dollars in the in the group two he didn't say it was a great chance he said it was his best bet of the day he he dead said had i think i think he had kick out or kick kick out kiku bloody nrl grand final um he had, <laughs> he had kiku or mount popper he had like a he had one horse i was like odds on favorite or like two on mark and he literally tipped jamea over i was like almost like fell off my chair anyway. <laughs> there you go it's like like you know when he, and then the horse wins that yeah ran a great great race in the silver shadow where you know she she could have got a lot closer if she wasn't you know a, yeah. a little yeah. bit unlucky there Involves and then one 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 in the furious it's like she's she's basically like done everything you could possibly ask of her since since yeah. he's he said that that he that she was a best bet at 17 dollars. and so coming into this race you know obviously the colts i think have a little bit on the fillies this year which you've which you've mentioned or a lot but given given the way she's going I think you know she's flying, and she can probably give this a shake, especially at those odds. Yeah, I think the Colts and the Phillies, two-year-olds, definitely the Colts have the advantage, and I think three-year-olds they're only getting further in front. I don't think this mm -hmm. is the strongest crop of uh, three-year-olds we've seen in recent times, but 
at, in saying that we've been blessed in recent times with the three-year-olds we've we've got are just like <laughs> generational talents that we'll probably be speaking about in 10 years 10 years time but um i think blake has a very good point i think the two fillies in this race are definitely in my opinion they're probably two of the better three-year-old fillies in the whole division i think star tontes um i think just due to the fact that they paid like 40 grand or whatever it was during the week to get her into this race as a late entry. I think that just shows the ability or I guess the opinion that the team have of her. So um, I'm, I wouldn't say heavily in remark, uh, remark, remark, sorry. That's, that's, a, that's not a lay remark this week. That's, that's the biggest thing I was worried about, but um, is $8 unless he gets, I don't think it should be $8 either. So I wouldn't say I'm anti-remark. I have laid him, but he's just mm-hmm. not a horse, in my opinion, that should be $3 in these massive races. I think around $5, $6 is his price. So $8 in that sense would be value. Um, regardless, I'm, I'm with Animo Blakes with, um, what was it? Remark and Jamea. So on that so, note, we've got to go to our viewers group one competition. Isaiah Arahu, mate. You bowed out last week. It was very disappointing. Hungry, hard, and style of the seas. What were you thinking? Um, <laughs> just went the easy option of very elegant just to get on the leaderboard. But um, no, I respect the, um, I guess, bravery to try and get to the top of that leaderboard. But regardless, we update the standings. Harry sits first with five, uh, $420 to his name. And Cody is second with four, uh, $390 to his name. This week, Zach Roddy was the competition um, winner. Uh, I've seen Zach post uh, his comments. He's always wanted to get on the show. So big shout out to you, Zach. Um, Zach, this week, he's got $80 on Animo and he's got $10 on Artorius each way. What do you think of those two, Blake? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, it's it's pretty safe with Animo. You, yeah. you, know, you know you're going to get at least a good run from him. And um, in terms of Artorius, he's, he's, got, he's clearly got ability. Um, I just... I'm a little bit sort of hesitant with him. I just don't know where he's at. I don't know how sort of good he is right now. And and I'm and I'm just a bit skeptical even coming down, uh, coming up from from Melbourne for this race. It's it's not you know the typical lead up that you see horses winning with in this race. So that that's the only query I have. But I, I still think it's I still think it's a good play. I still think it's uh you know 80 on Animo and, and 10 each way on Altorius is pretty safe. Beautiful. All right, Blake. Do you want to take away the Group One segment for, for me and you? Do you want to? Do you want to like pump your own tires up? Because I'm sick of doing it. <laughs> All right. So we're we're gonna have the the hundred dollars uh, JC versus me Blake uh, competition, and I think JC is gonna be having a little uh, little dip into the blank of the the bank of Blake. The Bob uh, <laughs> for a little bit of extra cash again, I think. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Jason, who? Who are you going with for? We'll start with the with the my stakes at Mooney Valley. Uh, what are you doing with the hundred dollars there? I am going with Profiteer. Hundred on the head. Just want to get back in the green. Come on, Profiteer, baby. Just get to the front and keep kicking, son. Fifty-two kilos. Come on, son. Come on, McNeil. Bang, bang. <laughs> Bread and butter. He's keeping it simple. Uh, so Jason's got a hundred to win on Profiteer. I'm. I'm in Profiteer's camp, uh, like like I said earlier when we we're breaking down the race. So I'm going to have 30 to win on Profiteer, uh, just as sort of a saver. And I'm going to have 15 each way on Trekking and 20 each way on Brooklyn Hustle because I think if Profiteer is not there for you know whether whether it's the bias or he's just not there, um, those two are the horses that I'll be looking at for running on late. So 
30 to win on Profiteer, 15 each way trekking, 20 each way Brooklyn Hustle for me. Now we go to the Underwood Stakes, the uh, the best group one you've ever seen in your entire life with a five horse field and a and a dollar thirty favorite. Field I'm going to have. <laughs> I'm definitely not going anywhere near Zaki at a dollar thirty with a hundred bucks because, it like, what am I going to do? Get profit thirty bucks? I don't think so. Um, so that was James Underwood Stakes. I'm going seventy to win on Probabil and 30 to win on the chosen one. What about you, Jason? I'm just, that sounded like Annabelle Nation calling you and saying, how dare you talk down on my Zaki. But uh, <laughs> um, I guess I was, we had this conversation earlier. I was like, if I had money in the bank, I'd probably throw a few darts. Um, but because I'm down a hundred dollars, um, I want to get my hundred dollars back. I don't care about the win. <laughs> I don't care about winning $30. I just want to get the hundred dollars back. I don't want to <laughs> damage. So I'd kindly request if I could phone a friend and get my dollar eighty about Zaki, but I'm probably only going to get a dollar twelve starting price on Saturday. So hundred the win on Zaki, the thrill seekers. It's the best group one you've ever seen in your life. You've got the chosen one as a group one uh, Melbourne Cup. He came fourth in the Melbourne Cup, didn't he? The chosen one. Never forget that. Never forget that. So I had Persan to run fourth to win the, the the first four two years in a row, and he, Persan ran fifth by a pimple. So the bloody chosen one. Anyway, give him strength. The chosen one. Yes. He's going to get up. All right, Blake. Um, Golden Rose, I'll take over here. I have $80 on Animo, and I'm having a little saver. Oh, you know what? I'm going to go 20 to win. I'm going to change my mind here. 20 to win, Captain Von. Stuff Ooh, the late changes bets. to the lineup, eh? Stuff the each way bets. 20 on Captain Von. I want to just say that I don't think this is a really strong um, rendition of the Golden Rose. And I think Captain Von. I, I, I just think at 1,400 metres, he could do something. I think I think first up, he was really, really good, hitting the line well at 1,100 metres. I think 1,200 metres, I think that was his peak run where he came back with um, respiratory issues or something. I read in the stewards report earlier today. I think drawing barrier one is a good barrier for him because he can actually sit a bit handier. Um, and I just think at 1,400 metres now, third up, he did win at group one level over a mile last preparation in the champagne. And I don't think, I think he's actually come back well. I think a lot of these three-year-olds haven't actually come back well. And I think he actually has. So at $31, I think he can run a race for us, little captain. Hopefully he can get out of jail here, baby. What about you, Blake? Just, I've just gone crazy. <laughs> he's, uh, you're, cheering it, you're cheering it on like the race is already on, Jason. But um, like I'm... Love, a nutty professor. <laughs> I'm, steering, I'm steering away from the... Uh, the three players that I typically have, I'm just going with the two in this race. Oh. And that's the two value runners that I mentioned before. Uh, Remark, I'm having 25 each way. And Jamea, I'm having 25 each way. Beautiful. All right, we're at the best bets um, segment, um, part of the show. Uh, my best bet, I'm just going to kick it off. I'm going to Gold Coast. Uh, I'm just a bit bit whacked up today, I guess. I, I enjoy going to weird places at weird times. I just don't want to go to Rose Hill. <laughs> Just because I just don't know how the tracks going to play, like because yeah. if, if I heavily go into on speed runners and it's pretty fair, then I might be looking a bit stupid. So mm-hmm. I guess I got to go over that more myself, and I guess yeah. look at opinions of um, other people at the track, maybe on the day. I probably only give tips out at Rose Hill on the actual day itself. Um, yeah. Going to Gold Coast race six, number five, Mill Rossa. Um, maybe watch this replay from Mill Rossa. I, I don't know why I was watching Gold Coast at this time of the day, but I was watching. <laughs> And I had to black book it because she was an absolute moral beat in this race. She was held up for a majority of the straight. 
Um, and she got out late and she flashed late. And I just think oh, 1,100 metres, she stays in the same grade. She goes at the 62. They put a senior jockey in Noel Callow on board. He's up from Melbourne. He's been up in Gold Coast now for six months. He's a great jockey up there. She draws perfectly in barrier four. Uh, there's about a thousand um, emergencies here. So it's only going to be a 10, uh, 10 horse field anyway. She got to sit right behind the speed and she'll be ultra hard to beat. Don't know what price we'll get. Probably around the, the $3 mark. Uh, Mr. Curry is a very dodgy trainer. Shouldn't say that actually on the, on, 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 um, on, on the podcast, but regardless, Gold Coast race six, number five, Mill Rosser. Blake, you? Yep, just uh, just two I briefly want to mention. Obviously, I'm spending a lot of uh, putting a lot of effort into Hong Kong this Sunday, so I won't be uh, won't be finding too many best bets. But defibrillate on Friday night at Mooney Valley in the race before the big one in race six. He's currently the favourite, um, and he's third up now. I remember backing him at Flemington. He was eight dollars. He ran 0.8 lengths off floating artist. And that was over 1700 meters. And I thought on that day, he looked absolutely, you know, perfect. Like, you know, his, his first up, his first up records, typically not good. And his first run at Mooney Valley wasn't, wasn't good. He ran 5.1 lengths off viral over 1500 meters. But this, this race at Mooney Valley, you know, 2040 meters he's really sort of getting into the, uh, the sort of range that he loves and, you know, third up, he's had two runs for two wins. He's had two runs for two wins, fourth up as well. So, you know, it's, it's very, very clear that, you know, third and fourth up and as he gets into his preparation, this is where he starts to shine. And I think this is, you know, a, a very, very winnable race for him yeah. and deserves to be favorite. It's got, it's a race with a long, long tail. Um, and he, and he's not really carrying what well, he's, he's carrying 56 and a half kilos and, and giving, the bottom the bottom weight two and a half so he he's basically on the minimum and and Holmesman's got 60 first up so i don't think Holmesman will be winning this but i think defibrillates one to watch uh friday night at mooney valley and then just another one that i want to touch on on saturday and that is entente at rose hill uh it was it was a great run last time and he he backs up here he goes up the extra 400 meters to the 2400 meters, but he's uh, he's really he really kind of finds another gear on the on the dry tracks. And like we said, Rose Hill could be could be you know <laughs> it could be bone dry on Saturday, and you might not see see a horse that doesn't lead win. And um, that you know that would definitely play in the favor of Entente, who's who's going to be right up there. Yeah, on the backup, he'll be he'll be rock hard fit. Third up record's great. Three three runs for three three wins, and he goes really well on the on the dry ground. So I think yeah, he's um he's probably going to be the one that I'm uh, looking at the most on on Saturday at Rose Hill. So just those two for me. Beautiful, Blake, and we'll, we will wrap it up on that note. I just got tipped off by Jordan Powell. Big shout out to you, Jordan Powell. Apparently. Our little dog, Campbell's Gambles, Mr. Star, has made it on Get On. So I'm going to quickly log off and watch Get On because apparently apparently we've made it to the big time, Blake. We made it to the big you time. little ripper. Finally got on Get <laughs> On. But um, anyway, I've got a podcast to do with Benjamin Scarf after this. So listen to that. That'll be on Punt Hub and Tripod. It's got to be an absolute piss take podcast by the sounds of it. But um, regardless, if you want a good podcast, on a good podcast, I guess, I guess an informative podcast, come listen to Blake and I every Thursday night. Anyway, 
I'll leave you with, uh, to it, Blake. Best of luck to the viewers on Saturday and most importantly, Friday night, the Moor Stakes at Mooney Valley. Is that it, Blake? Anything else from you, yep. son? Happy punting, guys. Yes. Happy punting. God bless.